there, folks. My name is Emily. And I'm Elk. And we are Oh My Word, a podcast where we talk about books, movies, musicals, and TV shows and review the content for you so you know what's in it and whether or not it's appropriate and something that you'd want to consume. Yes. From deep within the bowels of our bunker basement. What do they call it, like, deep within the bowels? Like, I know the bowels of the ship. I understand what it's trying to say, but it doesn't really sound like a place I want to be. Not an, I don't want to be in the bowels. No. <laughs> of anything. Of anything. No. Right. So yeah. deep within the earth in our bunker basement. You know, do we want to be deep within the earth? There's so many questions. Uh, it's really hot. Yeah. Well, for, yeah. I, you deep know, I don't know. Within the comfort and safety. Fine. Of our. <laughs> of our deeply underground basement. We have yes. cons- carefully constructed after much scientific research and much uh, empirical research. Well, I guess that's also scientific and much moralic. And it's supposed to be morality, but mo- most uh, moralic forethought <laughs> and study. I think you would just say moral. Okay. Or um, ethical, ethical thought mm-hmm. and study. We have c- carefully constructed our pearl clutching system for violence, language, and romance. And I don't even know why I'm going so much into that because today we're not reviewing something specific. Today we're talking about something... That's true. Yeah. Today it's something even more incredible. And if you do want to know about, oh, what's violence? How does something rank? Or language or romance? How do these things rank? How does the zero to four scale work, etc.? You can look online. We have on Instagram, we have like an album there that tells you each of the rating systems and what how something can earn one of those grades. Or you just listen to all of our other podcasts, which there are many of them. And you'll get it. Yes. So it's a high recommend to do that. But listen to this one first about the special thing that we were doing today. Never before done. Yeah. my word. Never. Not even one time. Ooh. I know. I know. Very exciting. Today. Bum, bum, bum. Someone drum roll, please. Today, for the first time ever. Drum roll. Thank, thank you. Thank you. We've actually had drum rolls on the podcast before. So I'm just saying. That's true. Right. So not everything today is brand new. But this one is. Emily and I have picked, or Emily and me, which one is it? Who knows? Listen to the other episode, previous episode, to find out. But we have picked a favorite character. And it's not necessarily like our ultimate favorite character, but a favorite character from one from film as a movie or TV, one from a book, and one from uh, a musical. Okay, and we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. it's not the same. We have different characters that we chose. These three characters yes. that we chose why we chose them, what makes them so great. And it's not, they don't necessarily have to be because they're good or this, that, whatever, just because we like something in their crafting or, well, well, actually, as we talk about the characters, we'll explain why we chose them. Exactly. Where do we want to start? Do we want to go book, film, or musical first? Um, it's a good question. What should we start with? Let's start. To you. Okay, let's start with book. Book. Okay. So, Elt, who is your top favorite book character okay so it's not my top favorite but it's one of my favorites okay is Anne from Anne of Green Gables but I think part of that oh. I know I think part of it is just because there's something about the book that's to me about things that are timeless there's something about the book that they don't if they still wrote books like that this book would could have been written yesterday but they don't write books like that anymore mm. right but there's something yeah. about it that even though it's all... Because I'm, I'm actually reading now another book that was written in like the early 1900s. And there's something about the writing of it and the story of it that's that's like a little bit dated. Even though it's like a nice story and all that stuff. But Anne mm. of Gables does not feel like that. And the, I don't know what... Yeah. There's something about it. I don't know if it's just the imagination is so alive. The character is so alive. We're with her in a lot You're of these so ups real. and yeah. downs. And, and 
there's something about her. There's something about Anne that she's just not the TV version or the film version of her. I'm talking about the book version of her. And especially from the first book. I haven't yet gone back to all the other books in the series, but there's something about Anne Green Gables. It's just maybe it's just the liveness of it, the the imagination, like the child imagination, the mm-hmm. the the like the um, the joyousness of her, her her full embrace of just everything. Um, there's something about her that she's like, you're like, well done on this character. Well done. Like she really, cause even though like a lot of times characters like that become Mary Sue's and she's not because we go right. through like when she, you know, she makes the cake a little bit wrong or they get the wine the, the, the wrong wine, you know, and we see the time she makes mistakes, right. When she smashes the chalkboard. <laughs> so like we see yeah. all these things and like some of them we might agree with or not. And we kind of laugh like that's child or whatever, but we see, we see her being imperfect, even though she's, you know, everything's going to turn out well for her, but we still, we see all that still. So there's there's something about it that's just, there's something about her that's fantastic. Anyways, yeah. Emily, who did you choose for a book? Well, I kind of want to change my answer because, Anne, I'm now reading the f- sixth book of the series, and you're so right. She's just, like, I want to be like her, um, but I didn't. I actually picked Artemis Fowl. Oh, okay. And... Here's the deal. This whole episode was actually a little bit uh, anxiety producing for me because I can't pick a favorite of anything. Because how could one pick a favorite when there are so many wonderful things on God's green earth, whether it comes to like food or colors, movies? I can tell you my preferences, you know, but to really pick a singular favorite, I've never liked tell me your favorite anything because it's hard for me. But right. I picked Artemis Fowl because I do so love that book series. And I like that character. And I, again, have to emphasize the series. We have talked about the movie adaptation of Artemis Fowl that Disney did. And it was terrible, appalling. Just a terrible movie, period. Forget the fact that it was an adaptation. It was just a bad movie. But the Artemis Fowl character, I love reading about it child genius i find that there's another book series which i can literally never remember the title of but it's about these kids that go to a genius school but it's secretly an evil genius school i just there's something about if it because i'm analyzing myself as i'm saying this so i could totally be making this up because sometimes like super smart kids are actually the most annoying characters ever yeah and they're too smart and they're precocious and i can't stand them but when it's done, well, like when a, oh, actually, I know who my real, now that I'm thinking about it, man, there's so Uh-oh. many good, oh my, how could we possibly have picked a favorite book character? This is a ridiculous notion. <laughs> and I am launching a formal protest that you're making me think about this. Um, but anyway, I did pick Artemis Fowl because I love those books. And also because you actually get to see real character transformation oh, with yeah. him, even though he still retains his essence throughout all of the books you see character growth and it's gradual it's not at the beginning of one book he's the bad guy because he does i mean he's basically the villain of his own story and then he ends up as the good guy at the end of the first book that's not how it happens it's like a slow trajectory that he's on and he's constantly battling against his inner nature Um, and i also just like characters who can make a really clever plan yeah and then it all comes together. It's just, he's fun. Yeah. Um, and he's too smart for his own good, but he's not annoying. So I, I don't know. I just, 
I love that book series, so I guess I have to love him. Yeah. I only read the first book, but that one starts off like, you know, Artemis is a, is a boy genius, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, whatever. Then you see things are playing out and you're like, okay, boy genius. But then when it wraps, when the book ends, you're like, oh, he is a genius. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great, oh, he's genius. Okay. Yeah. He is a good character. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't usually like reading just one more thing about them we can go on. Cause I don't usually, as everyone who listens regularly knows, I don't really like stories about villains or about bad people because i just like i don't think we need to know why bad people are i I don't know it's just not my thing but he's a villain and there's just something about him that i like there you go yeah okay next what do you want to do next film or musical uh let's do film okay who did you choose for film i chose i actually went tv because Elt said film and like movie or tv and i went with miranda from well Miranda Hart from this TV show Miranda so Miranda is this British TV show uh a comedy a sitcom from like like 2008 so it's a little bit away now and she basically plays herself in the TV show she's like six foot something she's got sort of like a gawky awkward like she's a big she's a big girl and she's just hilarious and everything she does is awkward and she doesn't quite have the best social cues but She's funny and self-deprecating and she has, she's clever and cheeky and no, if I am in a bad mood, if I am sad, I will turn on an episode of Miranda and I will instantly feel better. And it doesn't matter that I've seen the show so many times and I could probably do the entire first episode by heart. I can definitely do the opening to the first episode by heart. I might be able to do the whole episode, but she's just so much fun and relatable but also not because she's a little bit over the top and you watch her and you think man I thought I had social awkwardness but she really does and you kind of feel better about yourself but you also just have to laugh and you're brought into her confidence and she breaks the fourth wall which I I love when tv characters do that and yeah she's she's my favorite she she feels like a friend you know when you read a book or tv show and the person feels like a friend she feels like a friend and I I love that well, I have never even heard of it before, so I'm glad that you um, enjoyed it. When we are done with this episode, <laughs> it's on Hulu. We have so much catching up. <laughs> Make to it do. happen. <laughs> yes. All right. Who's your favorite? So I chose. I think this is one of the greatest characters ever created, and I chose. It's also from TV, even though they made films about it afterward. And it also this is actually from the seven. This goes back to like the 70s, kind of. And I chose Columbo. If anybody knows Columbo. Okay, Columbo's oh. played by Peter Falk, who is fantastic. Like, the role is made for him. I think he's always in the beige trench coat. I think he wore the same trench coat for, like, the entire series. Like, however, however many seasons there are, I don't think he ever changed hmm. it. He is an incredible character. And here's what's so genius about it. So it's the murder mysteries. So it always starts off, each episode starts off and shows you how the murder was committed. Okay, and then it shows you when the cops are called in and they have to cover it up. You know, the guy's trying to cover, the person who the murder is trying to cover it up, whatever. And then Columbo comes in and he's got this... He's got this thing about him where he seems like he doesn't know where he is. Like, you don't know if he tied his shoes that day. He has this personality of just like, where am I right now? Like, I just woke up. Like, that kind of like um, 
like ruffled look and like he seems so unpolished and he's so he seems like how did this guy ever become a detective and then he's a, an act and he's a genius but he's a genius without it being like wow and he's a genius and everybody knows it there's never mm. they keep it it's almost like i wonder if they shot it like uh, low budget or something like that because there's not usually a lot of extras in it there's usually very like very sparse cast um, you don't see a lot of scenes of cops talking to each other of like, oh, no, our Columbo's going to come in and say everything. Like, you don't have that. They don't set him up in this whole, like, hero uh, situation. It's just Columbo, like, wandering onto the screen and he, like, wanders back, back off again. And you kind of know, yeah, there are certain iconic things that he has where he'll, like, come and I'll interview and he's got this, like, fur brow kind of look of, like, oh, is that what happened? Like, he seems like he totally believes the murderer, like, the whole time. And then he'll always, like, leave and then, like, kind of, like, uh, put his hand to his like forehead and be like, "Oh, and just one more thing." And then you know, as soon as he asks that question, you know he's solving mm. it. Like it's it's been it's so he's such a great. And here's also what's genius about his character: he's always talking about his wife and his wife's sister and all these characters. Oh, my cousin like this, my dad, whatever. And you never meet any of these characters, so you have no <laughs> idea if they actually exist in his life. Like I don't know if he even wears a. I don't remember if he wears a wedding band. I'm sure that's answered, but he'll tell you he talks to people like, "Oh, you know, my wife has the same issue like that." Like, as you become friends with her, like, oh, my wife has the same issue mm-hmm. like that. She's always wondering, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, do you put that casserole on like that? And, like, wanders off and you're like, is he actually married? I don't know. We never find out. We don't find out. And, like, one one episode he shows up with, like, a dog. And you're like, you're like, he has a dog? Or did he just, like, borrow it from someone to solve this mystery? Like, you don't know. We don't know anything mm-hmm. about him. He's just this, like, rumpled-looking guy who just, like, wanders onto the screen, wanders off again. And he's just this, like... They did such a good job of it, especially because now a lot of uh, procedural stuff or a lot of um, like cop stuff, detective stuff, a lot of it's a little bit more flashy. They go with like the more sophisticated or you always have like the good cop, bad cop, you know, like the woman who's like super ambitious and driven and the guy who's kind of a drunk, blah, 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 whatever. Like Columbo is just not like that. Columbo is just, I don't know, it's just this genius character they created because each time it comes onto the screen again, you know he's going to solve it, but you're like, how does he... How does he do that? Like, <laughs> where does he figure these things out? And that like rumpled brain of his, like, how does he figure it out? He's so he's so good. It's also like he cut like there's nothing flashy about him, and there's nothing about him of like, oh, I'm the most genius detective that ever was. You don't get that feeling from him, like never. Hmm. It's just it's he's such a genius character. If you've never watched any Columbo, you gotta you gotta watch Columbo just to like appreciate the creation of this character. And also because I'm Peter definitely Parker's. intrigued. Yeah. Oh, good game. He sold it. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, winner. <laughs> um, so we're going to get to musical. Can I make a guess as to your favorite character? I will be so impressed if you guess it. Yeah. Well, not so impressed. I'll be pretty impressed. Yes. Is it? The lead from Memphis. Oh my, you got it! <laughs> yes! Yeah, Willie Calhoun! How did you get that? Did you cheat? Because you love my talk- notes. <laughs> no, no, you talk about him all the time. But now tell everyone else about why he's your favorite. Okay, Willie Calhoun is one of my favorite characters. First of all, okay, we didn't speak about Memphis, did we? No, we didn't, okay. No. Willie Calhoun is, even though, like, after I saw it and I warned my sister about this, I was like, you're not gonna, you're gonna feel so out of place for like a week because the ending sucks. The ending of Memphis sucks hmm. because it's not, um, it's not, it's just like a wrap up. It's not like a happy ending. It's not like, like after everything that who he goes through, you feel like he should like not be stuck in nowhere. And he kind of just, just like arbitrarily stuck in nowhere. Whatever. Okay. We're not going to get into that now, but he is such a genius character. He's an end because the first time I saw it. So I saw first a film version of it. Then I saw a stage version of it. So the film version of it has the original cast. 
Uh, and so Chad Kimball plays that part. He's also in Cut From Away, Chad Kimball. So he does, he, the, the character that he interprets is fantastic. And then the, the stage version that I saw, the guy did it in like the, you know, in the vein of Chad Kimball. So it was, it was great. It was, mm. I didn't feel like, oh, where's Chad or whatever. But I know like Anna Pascal's played that part. And I, the little bit that I've seen, I was like, no, this is not like his part. And then nothing to take away from him as an actor. Anyway, so what's the thing about Huey Calhoun is that he's so, um, I don't even know. Maybe it's just like the link. It's not, it's not the right word for it, but like it's almost his character is like a lanky, awkward character. So his whole thing is that he wants to put like, uh, I guess you could say black music on the radio. And he doesn't get why black music shouldn't be on the radio, right? He's very, it was a jazz, I think jazz, right? So he's very into um, jazz. And he shows up like in a black bar, let's say. And he's this white guy that just shows up in a black bar. And everyone just like stops and is looking at him. Like in a jazz joint. And everyone's like looking at him. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not, it's not solo R&B. I think it's, and it's not rock. Oh, no, maybe it's rock. I don't remember what it is. I thought it was jazz. Oh, great. Not what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, the point is he shows up there and they're all looking at him like, what is this white guy doing in here? And he's like, so there was a woman singing. He's like, I just wanted to see if you look as pretty as you sound. Like in the way he talks, it's so like... I wanted to see if you look as pretty as you sound. <laughs> like, and everyone's looking at him like, are you insane? Like, what are you doing? Or he doesn't, for him, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, music speaks to his soul. Right. And so, like, when the music speaks to your soul, there's no difference between, like, if it's good music, people should hear it. And if it's not good music, then it doesn't matter. And it's, in this character, it's like he's so close at the same time that he's actually so tuned in in that regard. And it's just, it's just the lanky awkwardness, I think, of the character. Like, so eventually, blah, 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 he ends up as like a disc jockey on the on the radio and he's putting the quote, like the black music on, you know, making it popular or whatever. And like at one point he's reading ads and he probably can't even read so well. And he starts going off with the ads of like, um, this beer is so good. Like you should have one and you should have some with your neighbor and have some with your neighbor's wife and dunk it all over your head. And I was like, why is he, what is he saying? <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> like, what are you promoting here? And he, because like words just fall out of his mouth. Like it's. Uh, he's just such, there's something about him. He's just such a great character because he's such a, I don't know, he's just like such a dope, <laughs> but he's so, but he's like so not at the same time. I don't know. He's just, there's, some, there's something about like his awkwardness, I guess, that makes him, like he's so simple, even though he's, mm. like he's doing this great thing of getting the music out there, but he's, he's still such a simple guy. He's just like, a, he's just like a guy who loves music. So mm. I don't know. There's something about that character. Yeah. Interesting. My favorite. Well, a favorite musical character for me is Shakespeare from Something Rotten. Ah, there you go. That's a well-done character. (laughs) Yeah. The whole concept of Shakespeare and Something Rotten is that he, they make him like a rock star. Like imagine Keith Richards rolling stones, you know, like tight leather pants, like groupies following him, chanting his name. He's got like the hugest ego. And I thought it was just such a fun way of imagining Shakespeare being cool, you know, being like, Like I mean, he (laughs) was, yeah, like, what would someone who's really popular, we know what, we know what a super popular celebrity or like a rock star is like today. So what would someone who sort of has that same status of super popularity look like, actually, when he was alive? And he's just fun. He's so cool. In his song, um, It's Hard to Be the Bard, I like it because they give him a little bit of humanity because he's not just this super cool rock star who's on top of it. There's a little bit of like 
okay, it's actually really hard to do this. And you get the right word, but then it's not the right word. And then you think you're done. But so I like that he's, I mean, he's not the main character in that show. So he's mostly one dimensional because that's his job is just to be the rock star. He's so arrogant, but like you get a little bit of this insight into what it must be like to be Shakespeare, to be a rock star, to be the like most famous popular person to have all these people follow you around. Um, and it's just, it's just fun. Like Shakespeare as a rock star. And as soon as you see it, you think, yes, this is exact. like, you never would have thought of it yourself. But once you see it, it just feels so right that that's exactly who Shakespeare is. is he is this rock star to the people around him. And it's just fun. I love it so much. <laughs> well, we spoke, we spoke about that musical, right? I think it's a, many previous yeah. episodes ago, but there is something about, cause the whole show is just so irreverent and it's just so, it's also one of these over the top, you know, people are going to like a musical. Why would they like musicals? Yes. All of it is just, so it is. So they also do that with the Shakespeare character. They just like, they literally just like, let's just go over the top of him. This like arrogant rock star. Then we'll just make him. He, that, it's a lot of fun. The show definitely character is also, yes, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So because Nick Bottom has to be a little bit more like the straight man, even though right. he has a little bit some of like the deadpan humor or like some of it. Like he's still in funny parts, but yeah, the Shakespeare character. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a good character. We should do this again, because as much as I agree that all the characters I just said are my favorites, as I'm talking, there are a bunch of other people crowding inside my head saying, no, no, no pick me, pick me instead. So I think we're going to have to do more of these specials. Where we bum, do bum, more bum. favorite characters or even like favorite books or favorite movies. You know, we can do a whole bunch of these because I think this is what the people want. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> comment. Comment if this is what you want. Yeah. And who are your favorite characters? We want to hear. Drop a note. Let us know. Send a message in a bottle. Yes. Should we also tell people that, unfortunately, we're taking an itty-bitty little break? Oh, we probably should give you the heads up. It's just a few weeks. Yeah. It'll be okay. Yeah, just a few weeks. Um, in the meanwhile, first of all, you have that whole back catalog. So even if you've listened to everything already, maybe it's been months since you listened to, you know, the beginning of Oh My Word. So go back and listen. Also, you have a ton of book and movie and musical and TV recommendations to go through during that month. So while you're sad and missing us, you can watch an episode of Miranda, which is what I do when I'm sad, or enjoy Anne of Green Gables, which is sure to make anyone's day better. And then you can think of us as you're enjoying the things we've recommended, and then you will hardly miss us. But feel free to cry a little bit, like that's fine. But you should still miss us, so you'll be excited when we come back. Yes. Yeah. 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 And we will be back. Uh, we just have to take a little break. You know, it's all good. It happens. We wanted to do this special episode for you as something to leave you with while we are gone. Um, another thing you can do while we are gone is... Like and follow us so that way also you'll know when we're back. Because if yes. you follow us on Instagram or you follow us in all the podcasting places or on YouTube or on Goodreads, we are everywhere. We're everywhere. So if you, yeah, we'll, so if you will follow us, you will know right away when we're back. And you'll be, you'll be in the loop. Yeah. And we always want to be in the loop. Exactly. Not in a time, not in an yes. endless loop, but we want to be in the loop. We'd rather be in a loop than in the bowels of <laughs> Exactly. Well spoke. We have nothing else to say. That is our message to you going forward. <laughs> Please think about it over the next couple of weeks. 
integrate that in your life and share it with others. Yes. And we'll miss you as much as you miss us. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you soonish. Soonish. Cheers, people. Oh My Word podcast is brought to you by the Pearl Clutching Basement Dwellers at Oh My Word. Follow us on Instagram for updates at Oh My Word Podcast or like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For full episode notes and detail, visit eltenabaum.com. Music is by Tim Burke. See you next time. <laughs>